Essentials podcast gives older bears a place to gather for real talk regarding topics and issues that they can relate to. Here at The Bear Essentials, we aren't just having conversations. We are looking to provide actionable intelligence through real-life experience and expertise of our guests. Our mission is to build a strong community that elevates and motivates people to go beyond their limiting beliefs by helping them realize that getting older is not an excuse to hibernate on their goals, but a reason to work harder. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Charles Wallace. Today's guest is an athlete, cyclist, and speaker. He has broken many world records, but before he could break those records, he had to recover from being broken himself. He is known as the cyclist who never gave up. So please, without further ado, Let's welcome Josh Quigley to the show. But first, a word from our sponsor. Wolfinger Consulting, experts who have achieved real results for their clients, including complying efficiently and successfully with overwhelming discovery orders, passing difficult third-party security audits, and deploying bleeding-edge technology platforms to control and preserve corporate information. Let them show you what Wolfinger Consulting can do for you. Be sure to check out their webpage at wolfingerforensics.com. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So, Josh, I um, I think you have an amazing story and you're accomplishing amazing things in your life. And I, when I saw that, I wanted to have you on because I think you can definitely inspire a lot of people out there. Um, so... Really grateful to have you on, and I'll let you uh, give a brief introduction of yourself to the audience. Yeah, so my name's Josh Quigley. I'm a full-time professional athlete. I'm from Scotland over in the UK, and yeah, I've got a pretty incredible story. You know, I've not got the story of, you know, most athletes. You know, I never got into my sport until a lot later in life. I took up cycling in my mid-20s, and it came from quite a dark place, to be honest. I'd went through quite a tough time in my life, you know, I went through a breakup with my girlfriend, was really depressed, you know, suicidal and just in a really bad place. And yeah, I tried to end my life in 2015 and was lucky to survive that. And yeah, got a second chance and wanted to do something different with my life. I was drinking a lot at that time, you know, using alcohol as a coping mechanism and knew that I wanted to stop doing that. And yeah, decided to, to go sober and try and achieve that. And yeah, got into cycling and yeah, tried to set myself the challenge of cycling around the world. That was really how I how I got started. And I've since went on to, you know, break a few world records and yeah, now competing in racing. And that's yeah, kind of my story so far. And Josh, that's and again, I thank you for being on here because I think when people look at you at Josh Quigley, they probably would never believe that you come from some and, and have overcome some of the darkness, we'll call it, that you that you described. And I think it's important to get that out there. And, you know, I know it might be tougher, but if you don't mind, I would like to start there to talk a little bit about where you were before we start to take people through where, where you've, how far you've come and where you are now. So the dark places that you've come, can you, can you talk about that a little bit 
um what what kind of happened there yeah so at the end of 2014 i went for a breakup with my, my girlfriend you know we got together when i was like 15 years old broke up at like 22 you know it's obviously a huge part of your life when you're when you're that young I never really knew how to deal with that. You know, I always believed that that was the girl that I was going to spend the rest of my life with, going to get married, have kids. And just, I was so certain of that. And then once, once it was over, it was just a really difficult thing to deal with. And I think what was difficult as well was that I was really close with a lot of her family. So like her mom and her dad were kind of like second mom and dad to me as well. We were all so close and, so I kind of lost like this whole other family that had been a big part of my life when I was a young guy. So that was just a, a really difficult event. And I think it was also difficult because I wasn't the perfect boyfriend. It's not like I was an angel. You know, I was at that time, I was a young guy who was really interested in, you know, living for the weekend and going out to the pub and, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I would be, you know, out with, out with the boys, out drinking, out partying, so I wasn't obviously the best boyfriend. And so I think I had to realize that it was basically my fault and I'd, I'd caused the the break the breakup to happen. And so that was difficult as well, you know, going through everything that was happening. Also, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, you know, a lot of regret. And it was just a really difficult time. And I just, yeah, I just really lost the will to live that year, the first kind of six months of 2015. And I think the mistake that I made and it's a really easy mistake to make is that I believed at that time how I feel now is how I'm going to feel forever and I think that was the reason that I tried to take my own life is because I believed that I'm never going to overcome this like I'm never going to be happy again I'm never going to meet another woman and this is going to be my life forever and I think when you're in that place you basically just lose all hope and when you have no hope you've nothing really you know you need hope to, to keep on living you need something to to aim for something to make you believe that things can get better and so yeah I lost that hope and decided to to try and take my own life by crashing my car at high speed on the highway really late at night and you know I was traveling 70 miles an hour at a concrete barrier and somehow walked away from that with you know no physical injuries no broken bones no no scratches on me literally and literally physically unscathed after that and you know I'd never been religious and never been spiritual but when I was released from hospital more than 24 hours after the crash I went along to the chapel in the hospital and wrote a message in the book which basically thanked a god that I never believed in and said I'm going to go and turn my life around and do something different with a second chance and so that was really how I got started with all this. And I think one of the greatest things about that period of my life is that the worst thing that I've ever went through in my life, like the most traumatic, darkest period of my life led to the greatest things in my life coming after that. And without all that darkness, without all that pain and struggle for those six months in 2015, I wouldn't be the man I am today. And none of it would have been possible without that. Yeah, and I'll say now, I mean, what what an amazing journey, and what um, and and kudos to you, Josh. Honestly, what a man you've become. And Josh, as that was kind of that, as that was happening, and I don't I don't know if we set out to do that. You mentioned you set out to make the best of your second chance. As you're doing that, do you 
do you have an intention at that point and realize that that second chance, not only for yourself is going to end up having such an impact on others or is it, does that just kind of happen organically along the way? Not really. I think at first I was just trying to make a change for myself. Like I just wanted to be in a better place. I think one of the things at that time that was interesting was that, you know, it's really hard to change and it's really hard to turn your life around. But the place that I was in was also very painful as well. And so I had two choices, really. To have the pain of staying where I am or the pain of change and the pain of growth. So I had to pick one of them. And I was just sick of feeling the way I felt that I thought I have to go and do this now. And at that time, I was never really thinking about anybody else. I just wanted things to be better for myself. But I do remember a moment where I was out running one night, maybe a few months after the crash, and I started to be a bit more healthier, You know, started to train, going to the gym, running, things like that, trying to kind of get healthier. And I remember having an idea about maybe I should tell my story and take on some big challenge to try and raise awareness of mental health and inspire people through through the journey that I've been on. So that definitely evolved into that. And I think what happened as I started that work, you know, I started, you know, sharing my story. I started, you know, doing a lot of blogs and videos online and, you know, going to schools and stuff in the media, all that stuff to try and help other people. Although I never really realized it at the time, it was also helping me as well because it was giving me huge purpose and meaning in my life at a time where I really needed it. So you talk about, becoming an athlete later in life so what when does it kind of click to you that to get where you want to go to be to improve your life what 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 makes you pick you know athletics and particularly cycling yeah so not long after i had the idea to you know do the challenge to to raise awareness of mental health uh, i was along at an event in edinburgh in scotland where sir chris hoy was given a speech to anybody who doesn't know, Sir Chris Hoy at the time was the UK's most successful Olympic athlete. He was a, a track cyclist and had, you know, loads of gold medals and world championships on the track cycling. And I went there that day, not as a cyclist, not as an athlete, really just, you know, going along to the event. And I was inspired by his talk that day and so inspired that I said, I'm going to cycle around the world. That was it. Like I just just had a, a wave of inspiration and just something about his talk that day awoke something within me. And I thought, I'm going to try and cycle around the world. You know, I wasn't a cyclist, wasn't an athlete. I hadn't been on a bike since I was a, a little boy. You know, I could I could have barely cycled to the shop for a pint of milk at that time. But like I, I was in a I was in a place where I needed something big. I was always quite an extreme, ambitious, all or nothing sort of guy. And yeah, I wanted to go and try and cycle around the world. And that was that was my way of trying to turn my life around, really. And Josh, I'm as you probably see, I'm smiling because I've had I've had other I've had other folks on from over your area actually in the UK. And I I kind of laugh because I hear you say that. I'm just I'm gonna cycle around the world. You know, I had I had a gentleman on Mike Bates. He just, you know, one day said, I want to row by myself across the Atlantic Ocean. And it's like I just I, I, you know, and someone closer to home, a gentleman, Matt Scarfo, good friend of mine, he one day, he woke up one morning and just said he was going to run from New York to Washington, D.C. And I just, I just love the impulsiveness of that. And the fact that not only do you say you're going to do it, but you actually go and do it. 
So, so you decide I'm going to cycle around the world. Like you said, I, you thought you probably couldn't ride the bike to the store at that point. So how, how's the training start to transpire? When, when does it become more than just Josh saying, I'm going to do this to now you actually start to put things in place to actually make it happen. Yeah. So six months after that event and being inspired by Sir Chris Hoy, I found myself in my in my driveway in the outside my house and yeah with a bike all packed up set off to try and go around the world and you know it's quite funny looking back I never really trained for it which sounds a bit crazy now I never I went out on the bike two times just to prove that I could still know how to ride a bike and then I basically set off and yeah just I just I just started like I wasn't fit I wasn't ready but I just I just wanted to go and do it and I just yeah I just I just started basically and I think sometimes you need to just take that first step and just get out there just go and do it and yeah I just set off to try and cycle around the world didn't really have a concrete plan didn't really know where I was going I was just waking up and cycling every day and just trying to get a little bit further man that's that's amazing now you talk about some of the darkness you overcome you're starting to now you have a greater purpose you want to cycle around the world now the darkness some pain there's more to that as you've experienced later in life as you were cycling could you talk because i think that's another amazing part of your story that you experienced what you did could you could you talk about that and uh what happened your injury your recovery that kind of thing yeah so when, when i set off to try and cycle around the world i'd done it for about a year and spent a year on the road you know ten thousand miles 14 countries and after that year, I was just so happy, you know, so healthy, really fit, just loving life again. And I decided to quit the cycle around the world. And I went home because I felt like, you know what, I've not cycled around the world, but I'm happy and I've got my life back on track. And that was always the real goal, I suppose. But when I got back to Scotland, I found it quite hard going home and, you know, all the old habits and routines that I had started to creep in again. You know, when I got home, I was, you know, not cycling, you know, I was going back to the pub and drinking and, living that life and I've kept getting back on the bike to try and go away and do it again but I kept coming home and I just wasn't really sure of myself you know I didn't have a lot of confidence I was quite scared of doing it and had loads of failed attempts at trying to cycle around the world and then I got to a moment where my dad he passed away he had a battle with cancer and I thought right I need to get back in this bike and go and try and cycle around the world because it just, you know, it was such a big life event. It just inspired me to get back into cycling again. And I basically set off for a seventh attempt and I says, I'm going to cycle around the world. And this time I'm not going to stop until I finish. doesn't matter what happens along the way. doesn't matter what obstacles I encounter. I'm going to commit to this challenge and I'm going to finish it once and for all. And on that seventh attempt, I never really looked back, you know, I cycled across Europe all the way to Istanbul and Turkey, then went right across Asia, all the way across, you know, China, Japan, South Korea, flew down to Australia, went right across Australia from Perth in the west to Brisbane on the east, and then took a flight from Brisbane up to California, arrived in Los Angeles and was setting off to try and basically finish cycling around the world. I was just a few weeks away from finishing now, you know, the goal that had eluded me so many times over the years. And I got about halfway across America, got to the great state of Texas. And there's a famous saying that goes something like, don't mess with Texas. 
I messed with Texas and yeah, I had quite a nasty accident going across um, a place in Texas called Temple between on Highway 36 between Gatesville and Temple. I was struck by a car. The car was traveling 70 miles an hour. Yeah, I, I was in a really bad way, but I was I was alive. You know, I'd survived another big crash and yeah, I had a lot of injuries. You know, I had a traumatic brain injury, fractured skull, seven broken ribs, fractured on my spine, pelvis, broken ankle, shin, heel bone, and three major surgeries. So I was obviously, you know, pretty badly shaken up. But when I woke up in hospital the following day, I was asking my doctors and nurses when I could get back on the bike because I had to go and finish cycling around the world. And that was the mindset that I had at the time. And I was so committed to it. And I just knew that I, I was capable of doing it. And so nothing was ever going to get in the way. And yeah, that, that crash ended up being a really positive experience because, you know, cycling around the world, I very rarely stayed in one place more than one or two nights. I was just, you know, on to the next place. But I spent five weeks in Texas. And whilst I was there, you know, the story had been online in the news, had been on Fox News, had been in a lot of Facebook groups in the area. <clears throat> and I had so many visitors, so many people from Texas came to visit me. And, you know, the, the state of Texas, you know, they broke me, but they put me back together again. And they really, they really rallied around me. And I just had so many amazing people in the state of Texas come to support me. And, yeah, with, with all their love and support and, you know, the amazing medical team I had at the hospital in Texas, they put me back together again and I managed to, you know, get back in my bike and finally finish the challenge around the world. Yeah, and Josh, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but I've kind of just in a few minutes we've been talking and I, I wanted to say this to you as a, as a compliment, is that I you have this quiet kind of intensity about you that's really contagious, and I can see why people rally around you. And um, I honestly can see why you are still here, man, because you you I, I you're going to do more more good for not just yourself, but for a lot of people in this in this world. So, man, that's that's real, real kudos to you. Um, so, Josh, during that time. During the injuries that you're recovering from, I mean, obviously, really, really tough injuries was there any point during that time did you ever even get a little bit down or question hey maybe maybe i won't be able to complete this or was it just like no i'm i i'm gonna complete this cycling around the world no i, n I never i can honestly say i've never once doubted can i cycle around the world i think even if you go back to when i first set myself that challenge I think it, this this tells you so much about who I am as an individual. You know, when I was sitting in the audience that day, inspired by Sir Chris Hoy, and I said, I'm going to cycle around the world, as a guy who, you know, wasn't a cyclist, you know, wasn't an athlete, wasn't fit, wasn't in shape. When I set myself that challenge to try and cycle around the world, which was the biggest thing I could have done on a bike at that time, there was never one part of me that thought, can I do it? I just assumed I can cycle around the world. I've just, I've just always had self-belief. Like I've never had to try to have self-belief just from as early as I can ever remember in life from being a really small child. I've always just believed in myself and just always had huge self-belief. And so, you know, when I went through that crash as well, you know, I never doubted that I could get back in that bike. I knew I could get back in the bike. I knew I could rehabilitate those injuries and I knew I could finish that challenge. And I think, 
you know, when you've got that self-belief, it really can just fuel you to, to, to do so many amazing things in your life. Great segue. So the amazing things, could you talk a little bit about, um, and I can also tell you're a pretty humble individual, but can you talk a little bit about some of the accomplishments now that the, obviously the cycling around the world, but I know that you actually had at least at some points it held some records too. Could you talk a little bit about some of those achievements? Yeah. So once I got home from America, so I was in hospital in Texas for about five weeks and then I was released back to Scotland and three months after the accident, you know, just 12 weeks after all those injuries, I was rehabilitated, fit, back on the bike, back on the road and ready to return to Texas and go finish my cycle around the world. But that was also March 2020. <laughs> so I wasn't going back to the States anytime soon. And, you know, we were going to be going through the, the pandemic for quite a while. So I basically just had to find other things to do at home in the UK. And so I set myself the challenge to go and try and break a record, which was basically for the North Coast 500. It's a, it's a route in Scotland. They've kind of marketed it almost similar to like Route 66 in America called it mm -hmm. it's also a lot smaller but it's basically 516 miles around the highlands of scotland right up in the north it's just some of the most beautiful scenery and roads that you'll ever see but it's a very challenging route as well it's it's about thirty-two thousand feet of climbing just slightly more than mount everest and the previous record at that time was 31 hours and 23 minutes so that was the time we had to beat and yeah, we managed to do that, my team and I, in 31 hours and 19 minutes. So we beat the record by four minutes. And mm. during that 31 hours and 19 minutes that I was riding the bike, there was only eight minutes of non-moving time. So 31 hours and 11 minutes, I was riding in eight minutes for that entire time where my feet touched the ground. So I was basically just riding almost continuously for just over 31 hours. And I was really proud of that achievement as well, because that was just nine months after Texas, you know, nine months after all those injuries and getting hit by a car at 70 miles an hour, I bounced back to go and do that. And I think for me that year in 2020, if I even just went out and rode for 10 miles that would have been a huge achievement after all those injuries. Even just to even just to be alive and to be a human in 2020 would have been a huge achievement. Never mind going and breaking a record that had previously been held by, you know, one of the best cyclists that Scotland's ever produced. And, you know, it was just, it was an incredible achievement. And I was, I was really proud of that. And yeah, after that also broke a Guinness world record for the greatest distance cycled in a week. That was 2,179 miles in seven days, which was the average about 311 miles per day, every day for a week. And so, yeah, I've <laughs> done some pretty big, some big rides. Man, it, it really puts it into perspective. Um, you said something earlier about having self-belief and hope. Uh, two themes, I think, for this, folks that watch this episode should really take a lot from is the self-belief and, and the hope um josh kind of wrapping it up here would 
do you kind of look back a little bit now and 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 think any part about those days those dark days to where you are now and say damn like i'm i've done this now or or is it more of a uh do you have to guard against sometimes still some of that darkness creeping back in or or are you past that and you're you're just moving forward totally now to be honest with you i very rarely look back to the dark days in 2015 when i was really struggling with my mental health and you know the suicide attempt i very rarely think of that i think because i'm the sort of guy that i'm usually always looking forward and i'm always you know trying to move on to the next thing but what i what i do think about a lot and i think about it every single day and it was it was definitely the most defining thing that's ever happened to me in my life was the crash in texas i don't know what it was about that but i think about that every single day and when I'm out on the bike now training, which I'm doing most days, when I go over like in the UK, we've got like highways, big highways, and you cycle over them on your bike. It's like a little bridge and you can see the highway, but you're not actually on the highway. And I actually, I look down at the cars, you know, traveling 70 miles an hour. And every, every time I do it, I always look at it and I say, I survived that. If I can survive that, I can survive anything. And it's like a little thing that I do every day when I'm out on the bike that just grounds me and just reminds me of, of where I've come from. And I don't know what it was about that crash, but I just, yeah, it's, it's hard to go through something like that and just not think about it. And I just, it, I use it as a positive tool to remind me that whatever little thing in my life is stressing me out today, it's not as bad as Texas. And there probably won't be anything in my life again as bad as Texas. And if there is, I'll probably be dead. And so, you know, that's the best way to think about it. And I think for everybody in our lives, <clears throat> you know, for the for the person listening to this right now, you know, you might not have been through something as big as that, but everybody's been through something. You know, we've all been through really big, tough events in our lives. You know, we've all had a breakup, a divorce, you know, problems with our health. You know, we've lost a parent, we've lost a child you know, issues with our career, you know, lost a job. Everybody's been through something really difficult and you're still here, you're still gone. And I think if you can always just try to remember yourself every day, those little things and those big things that you've been through, it just helps you become really mentally resilient and mentally tough. And all the bad things that I've been through in my life, I use them now as tools to anchor me and ground me and to remind me just how tough I really am and I can overcome anything that life's going to throw me. Josh, as you were saying that interesting, ironically enough, uh, episode I just had on a, a musician singer from your neck of the woods, John tower, um, mm. has a song called, uh, break my bones. And there's a lyric in the song that says you can break my bones, but you can never break me. And as you were talking about your Texas experience, I uh, I started to think about that that lyric from that song. It, it seemed really really fitting. Um, all right. So end with this. I uh, I want you to tell people some of the, where where they can find you at, but also uh, I wanted to definitely plug this, which I thought was really really cool that you actually have a documentary out about yourself on the BBC. Could you? Uh, uh, we'll end on a really high note. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, so we just had a, a documentary come out on the BBC. It's been been an amazing journey for me, you know, filming the documentary. I really enjoyed doing it and you know, to finally get my story out there to a huge, you know, national audience in the UK. It was on on a Friday night at seven o'clock at night, you know, prime time in the UK. And, you know, it was a huge audience that watched it. So, yeah, it's been been amazing. You know, I've obviously been on this journey now for, for eight years and yeah, there's been a, a core group of people online that have been, you know, following and supporting me. And yeah, to, to get the story out there to a, a bigger audience has been amazing. And so yeah, if anybody wants to check that out, it's on the BBC iPlayer. It's called Cycling Saved My Life. And yeah, if anybody wants to connect with me, you know, ask me any questions or you know, just just send any feedback from from this interview, you can get me on social media I'm at Josh Quigley 2026. And yeah, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, just yeah, hit me up and yeah, it'd be great to chat. And hopefully, yeah, one day I'll, I'll get back to America again. It's a, it's a country that I've, I've come to love. You know, I've got a lot of love for Texas and, you know, a lot of love for, for America as a place. You know, I've always been been lucky to, to go to America when I was younger on trips and vacation. And yeah, just I think you guys have got a special country. I appreciate that, Josh. And, and Josh, I'm letting you know, if you make it back to America, especially uh, in Maryland, please, please let yeah. me know. Let me know. Um, I am literally probably an hour, maybe two hours away. Um, I would actually love to drive down and meet you face to face. That would be, be an honor. So, well, listen, everyone, thanks uh, for watching today. This has been a real treat and honor for me. Uh, check out Josh's documentary. Uh, I'll make sure to have all kinds of links in the show notes to make it easier for you all to click around and find Josh. And um, I'll end with this. Josh is a definite authentic human being and he's the real deal. And I reached out pretty blindly and here we are. So again, thank you, Josh. And thanks everybody for watching. Josh, you take care of yourself. Thank this you. has been The Bare Essentials. Thanks for listening. And remember, never hibernate on your goals.